Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside Podcast with Kiri Kermit and Simon Clark. And you've been swapping seeds. Did you bring any to swap? Or I did. I brought some sunflower seeds and I went home with lots of veggie seeds and also gooseberry brush. Yeah, because this has happened in Laxey uh, for quite a few years and I've been before to this one as well. And it's a lovely community day because they're not just um, seeing what seeds and stuff are there. They're having a chat about you know what they can grow and what's the best um, advice for it as well. There's plenty of advice on hand, wasn't there? That's right. And also, you don't have to have a big veggie patch at home. You can have a container or a window box. You know, it's for everybody. And the knowledge and from older people right through to children taken on board and just yeah going home with these veggie seeds to try them out in their own garden lots of people are trying to grow more locally now and uh, it's a really really great day out yeah, a lot of people used to have the tomato plants in the windows didn't they for years I that's suppose. it don't get much air now with all the tight windows they got <laughs> <laughs> and also um We've heard about uh, dogs with uh, maybe getting microchipped in future times and, and cats, a lot of people have them done. And, the, of course, the, the cattle, you know, but it's moving to sheep in farms now, identification. That's right, the cattle have been uh, identified with plastic tags for a number of years, but now the sheep have been brought on board to have an individual identification and they're using microchips inserted in the tags. It's all to do with welfare and obviously traceability is a massive for the customer that buys the meat, so... Um, it's a new thing that farmers have taken on board and it's not always easy to do these jobs but they're embracing some of the uses it has yeah. and I speak to Hugh and he's got some very positive thoughts Good. on it. Good, alright, well you can listen to that conversation here in Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. It's that time of year now where we're busy in the gardens getting ready for the spring growth of vegetables and flowers. I went along to Laxey to speak to Tanya Anderson and Brenda Killock about their annual seed swap and plant share. Tanya Anderson, here we are at the seed swap and plant share. This has been going for a number of years now. Yes, this is the sixth year that we've had this event and it just seems to be getting bigger and better and, and more people getting involved with growing their own. It's lovely to see lots of children here today as well, you know, rummaging amongst those boxes of seeds and veg. Oh my gosh, yes. There's lots of kids here. There's actually quite a few teachers. We're also, the the spare seeds that are left over at the end of the event are going to go to the Children's Centre Community Farm as well. So they'll be used by kids again there. That is so, so good. But how did the idea come about originally? Well, when I first moved to the Isle of Man, I got involved in the allotments associations and there were lots of uh, seed swaps happening across and also in the States. And I thought, you know, there isn't something like that here yet, but I can start one. And I did with my allotment association. There's packets of seeds, but there's also seedlings in pots and shrubs as well. People go to a lot of time to, to bring them here today. Oh my gosh, yes. So over the, over the past, you know, few weeks, people have been preparing their seeds organizing what they're going to bring, kind of making lists of what they need as well. So we've got people that this is actually their sixth year in a row coming, and so they come with shopping lists of what they need, which is <laughs> which is fab because otherwise, you know, a lot of the seeds that end up here, they're not going to be used. They're going to be in a cupboard somewhere in a drawer, and they're getting in the ground, so it reduces waste and it saves money too. Well, this is right, but there's also um, vegetables and flowers. You don't have to just be an allotment gardener to come. Absolutely. You can grow anything. We have, as you said, we've got shrubs here, we've got vegetables, there's ornamentals. It's anything that's green and growing, 
bring it along, even gardening books. And all, I also say, you know, there's a lot of people that might not have anything. You could show up with nothing and, you know, leave a small donation and you can leave with seeds to start your very first garden and advice as to how to get growing. I see there's a number of older people here that are talking about gardens and allotments and giving advice to young people just starting out. Yes, absolutely. There's a gentleman over there who I know has a lot of advice to give out very, very uh, useful when you're just starting out gardening. And it's great to connect. An event like this connects people that are just beginners with people that are a lot more advanced. And do you keep an allotment yourself at home? Uh, well, I have one here in Laxey, and I have a home garden as well. I'm the uh, secretary of the uh, Allotment Association in Laxey. And yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. So you're very, very interested yourself as well. And like-minded people coming together, sharing ideas. It, it, it's, it can't be better than this. And with a beautiful day, I imagine that people will be getting itchy feet to get into their gardens now. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people have actually come from their gardens earlier on. And, and also, it's been so nice. People have been looking around at the seeds and then going out and getting an ice cream and then coming back and to see what new seeds were actually on the table. So that's yeah, great. And this time of year, I imagine, is when you start getting dug in and planting some of these seeds. Yeah, absolutely. So March, April time is generally the time that we have the seed swap every year. And it's, it's great because now is the time that people are, are getting a lot more enthusiastic about being outside and, and starting their gardens and planning what they're going to grow this year. So it's, it's a good time for the events. And do you find in the Isle of Man that people are growing their own produce to eat themselves? More local produce getting grown maybe? Well, I think both. I, I mean, we have uh, the amazing food assembly where people are showing a lot of interest in, in getting Bri-Rad's vegetables, oh, yeah. including myself over the winter. That was great. But also, um, it doesn't matter if you have an allotment or a small garden at home or even just a window or a balcony. You can grow small amounts of, you know, say, cut and come again lettuce. And it's amazing how easy it is. And just having that taster as well can also get you maybe more interested to get an allotment. And we have them now... Uh, um, available at Laxi, so if anyone wants to have an allotment, they can get in touch with me. Brenda's also got a very, very difficult job here today, organising this magnificent raffle. Not very difficult at all, because people are very, very generous. They've been coming to us every year now, so they know what to expect. We, they bring something with them and buy lots of tickets and hopefully don't win the same prize back. But, you know, it's... <laughs> one of those <laughs> but you have so much on offer you know from bottles of bubbly to actually beautiful grown trees yeah. we get a, a beautiful apple tree which is just about to blossom you've got lots of bottles and things edibles chocolate marmalade books everything you can think of and it's um it's a great effort we've actually got 46 prizes today so there's a good chance of somebody you know getting something but it's a very fair raffle in that we draw the prize ticket and then we draw a number for the prize they win. So there's no favouritism and it's a lot quicker. <laughs> but it, there's something for everybody, you know, there's yes. homemade jams, there's a dinner out at a restaurant. Yep. It, it's, this is a really, really fabulous day for everyone to come and enjoy. It is and it doesn't matter what your age is, it doesn't really matter if you grow things or not, it's just a nice social event. Um, and it has grown over the six years. Um, people know about us now. So for weeks ahead, they're saying, when is it? When is it? You know, die. I've got all my seeds sorted. But it's not just seeds. The plants, I've seen plants here today I've never heard of before. Walking onions. Well, I never. <laughs> You've got to, haven't you? you just got to. <laughs> and do you grow lots of things at home in your garden? I've got an allotment. I'm on the old Douglas allotments on St. Catherine's Drive, which is fantastic. It's a little bit of heaven in the middle of Douglas. Oh my goodness to me. Um, and will yeah. you just grow vegetables there or will it a variety of things? 
I grow fruit, vegetables and flowers and I think the flowers are important because it brings the bees to pollinate. So um, yeah, it's, I don't know, sometimes it doesn't look like a, a, an allotment, it's more like a cottage garden, but I love it. So, you know. It's the colour. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's the colour that these, these allotments are now, that they are very beautiful and like you say, it attracts the bees and the Isle of Man, it, we've got very, very special bees. Very special bees, and we are sort of, is it pest-free or whatever it is that Tanya knows because she has bees. But the, the thing on, on our plots are that um, it was always seen as an old man's hobby. And now um, we're getting a lot more uh, young people interested with their families, teaching the children right from the beginning. You know, potatoes don't just come from Tesco. They come out of the ground. And um, it, it's fantastic to see, actually. It's, it's certainly essential to know where the, where the produce comes from. And I think the Isle of Man's very lucky in that we've still got this connection with the basics of life. Very, very much so, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful island. I'm not from the Isle of Man, I've only been here 40 years, so I'm a stopover. But there isn't a day goes past where you don't wake up and think, I'm so lucky to live here. It's, it's wonderful, especially this time of year. And as you said, people are raring to go now. Unfortunately, lots of people don't understand how much work it takes in the allotment. It's hard work, but it's worth it. It's so rewarding when you're eating very that vegetable or the salad that you've grown yourself. Very much so. And also... Um, I was talking to a lady from DEFA the other day and they're doing the food and drink festival which we've actually been represented at a couple of times and thinking of doing it again and she was so anxious to get us there because our stall's usually bright, breezy, full of interesting things and that's the kind of thing they want to bring not just foodies in but anyone. So hopefully we'll do that in September. But it just shows how simple it is just to set on a set of gloves, get out and, and just dig up and or, or maybe you don't use gloves. No, I don't. That's why I've got thick nail varnish on so you can't see how awfully dirty my fingernails are actually. But, um, but it just shows how, how simple it is though to, to go out and, and enjoy a small space. It doesn't have to be in a big field or anything. So, And I think in, in the current climate people are more aware of where the food's coming from, how it's produced and we could produce so much more on the island and not import it, which I think is important, actually. That was Brenda Killock and Tanya Anderson from the Seed Swap. Mighty thing and a good idea and a great amount of people that turn up to that. I've been before and, uh, you know, been there and come away with a few seeds and it's just a nice atmosphere with people getting together and sharing advice as well as the seeds. That's right, it'd been a busy day right the way from the beginning to the end and there was lots of people there with lots of knowledge, older older people and lots of children as well picking up their first packets of veggie seeds to, to have a go at home. Yeah, and one of the things that struck me when I was there was the amount of different seeds that were there. You think, People don't grow them on the Isle of Man, do they? Oh, yes, they do. They certainly do. And lots of exotic things as well. And even Tanya was surprised by some of the produce that actually turned up to be planted. It's it's forever new things turning up in these gardens. It's really wonderful. The pineapple tree. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's been talk recently of of dogs having to get microchips and a lot of people have their cats done. So it's easy to find them when they go missing. But I suppose it's something new, Kiri, for... For farmers, isn't it, and in the agricultural world, involving uh, the sheep? 
That's right. All the cattle have been uh, identified over the years with, with passports the tags, and the tags. But um, the sheep now have to be individually identified as well. But they're using electronic chips inside the tags. And farmers seen it as a bit of a cost and a bugbear and extra work. But Hugh Davies from Wales has seen benefits from it. He embraces it and uses it as a marketing tool for his livestock. And he came to the Isle of Man and we caught up with him on his visit. <laughs> Hugh Davies, this was your second trip to the Isle of Man. Has many things changed since last time? Probably. When I came in 2008, the, the, the visit was arranged by a guy called Andrew MacDonald, who was um, a guy employed by the government to actually go around and advise farmers. I think there's been a fundamental change either in policy or whatever because those sort of guys aren't here anymore. So I, I did see a little bit of a difference in that area. And this time you've come to, to give a talk on basically technology involved with EID on sheep recording. Yeah, and how that really supports uh, a marketing initiative which we set up in Wales, a group of eight farmers, and how we added value to our lamb product. And of course, you know, to do that, you, the product needs to be correct and you need good information to progress. And EID, which uh, some people see as a, as a sort of a bugbear, but if you use correctly and, and for the advantage and, and it's an extra tool in the box, and then you can make informed decisions moving forward. And obviously you've got a great success story. It has worked with eight farmers. The communication between you guys is obviously mm. second to none. Is, is it more people coming on board? Well, we're not really interested in getting any people, more people on board in our initiative because that's what makes it quite exclusive. Uh, but I have worked with other groups in Wales um, and, you know, and spread the word of how people can work together. And it's not just the farmers working together, but the whole food supply chain, you know, right through to the processor, the retailer. You know, farmers are often very insular and very distrustful full of the rest of the food chain but there needs to be an understanding that you know we are producing a product and it depends on the customer at the end actually appreciating wanting to buy it and we need partners along the food chain to get that product to market. Is it you're seeing the EID as as a, certainly a good tool to help going forward. It makes more far, it makes farms more efficient. Absolutely, but you know what underpins good farming, obviously, is, is good stockmanship, good grass and management. But but at the end of the day, you also need as much information. You need benchmarking. You need to know how good you are, how bad you are, how you compare to other people, so that you can improve. You know, you, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And there's so much information that can be recorded. Obviously, the, Britain has a really, really high welfare standard. It's, you know, medicine books. It's, it's not just basically the sheep is lambed. Here's her birth weight. This is the lamb to slaughter. It, it, you can record everything now. Yeah, well, obviously legislation requires you to record uh, quite, quite a lot of stuff, as soon as you just said, medicine records. But it's, able to, it's not just recording, but it's actually demonstrating that you have. Um, and when you get the customer coming out to the farm, you've got farm assurance, of course, but with our high-level scheme, we'll actually get the customer, the retailer, visiting us, and it needs to actually demonstrate we're not just talking a good story, but also uh, it's using that information. Say you're using a certain amount of antibiotics on your farm, you know, is, are there any peaks or troughs in when that is using? And antimicrobial resistance, of course, is becoming much more important, and you're looking to reduce the amount of antibiotics used on farm. So unless you're actually measuring what you're currently using, how do you know that you're going to be you know, moving in the right direction. And do you see the, this kind of system working here on the Isle of Man? Well, it's transferable anywhere in the world. Um, and, you know, I've been on a couple of farms today. You know, I'm, I'm very impressed with the forward-looking farmers you've got on the island. You've probably got a complete mix, as we have in Wales, of the early adopters and the innovators right through to the laggards. But the people I've met today have been very enthusiastic, produce high-quality stock. And, you know, I have great hopes that the people on the island will pull together, develop a brand, 
you know, the, the Isle of Man is very famous for a number of things, and I'm sure it could be famous for its lamb and for its beef. But you've managed to travel um, with a Nutfield scholarship as well in the past. Yeah, I've been very lucky. I travelled to Australia, New Zealand, uh, Uruguay and Brazil. But there's no place like home in Wales and also places like this which are close to my home. And uh, on my second visit to the Isle of Man, it's one that I will remember and, and, and treasure. That was Hugh Davis visiting the Isle of Man to talk about electronic ID. Well, he seems fairly uh, convinced that it's a good idea, doesn't he? Yes, he does, and it's compulsory now, so we all have to embrace what goes on with it. And um, if you can find benefits from it, all the better, and it certainly shows that you can. Yeah, and I always remember the when they introduced the in the dairy world when they first introduced the collars and things for the cows so they would walk up you know the the ones who were given more milk obviously needed more food and you just they computerized it so that each cow could go up and stick the head in the feeding machine and the collar would uh, it would get read by the like the scanner like i suppose in the supermarket that's right yeah and it would give the little drop of food and then it would only give them so much in an hour and and things like that and they used to but they used to suss it out <laughs> they would bully some of the others. They'd hear the trickle of the food, and, and the bigger cows would knock the other ones back and go and steal their food. They always found a way around it. Oh, they always do. Uh, They're crafty. Human in them, aren't they? <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, we like to encourage people on Countryside, the local community, to shop local as best we can. And one venture that's got underway up the northwest coast of the Isle of Man, uh, near the Glentroon Golf Course, is a place called the Cook Shack. It's uh, unique in lots of ways, as I found out from the owner, Georgie Revel. It's a destination. It's a cookery school. Um, it's a place where people can come and just be calm. They can cook if they want. We have a lovely chair over there, so if they don't want to cook, they don't have to join in. It's a sociable place where many people, uh, different groups come together and hopefully they leave as pretty good friends and having learnt something about local produce and different dishes and have a good sociable time, basically. Well, we'll go into that in more detail shortly, but first of all, how did, how did it all get started? I mean, have you always had a passion for, for cooking? And- yes, I have. My father, who lived here with, with my mother, was a passionate cook in his spare time. He was a doctor, so that was his downtime. Yes, I went off to a ski resort in my 20s to uh, run a chalet there with a friend and that was really good fun. I also ran a hotel here in my early 20s um, whilst working in the finance sector. I just love the fact that we have got amazing local produce here. We lived in the Cayman Islands for quite a long time. I left in my mid-20s to go off to the Cayman Islands and when we came back here in 2001 with a young family I was just so delighted to have Things like local flour, the Laxey Glen Mills flour, which doesn't have any weevils in it because by the time it arrived in Cayman, it was uh, gone round Cuba and it was pretty rife with weevils. A lot of protein, but um, not something you really want in your bread. And we've got the wonderful pioneer flour here, which actually has the Cook Shack pioneer bread recipe on the side. So we'll be making that tomorrow in a course 
um, here. It's got wheat germ and um, bran in it, and so it's my favourite flour to use here. Then you got into, I think, the teaching cookery side of things? Yeah, so I started making bread with the local flour, and I was delighted to have this flour, and everybody said to me, oh, this bread is wonderful, can you teach me how to make bread? So I, in, the, in my kitchen in the cottage, which is just 20 paces from the cook shack here, I started just doing bread lessons with friends, and then everyone said, you know, Georgie, you're really good at this, maybe you should um, start giving other lesson so I built a website I have no idea about IT but I managed to build a website and from there I remember pushing the button Thai course Tuesday the 28th of April back four or five years ago and people just jumped at it and found it and it's just gone from success to success and especially I now do children's courses as well we've just had um, two courses last week for children and we've got another two this week and those are extremely popular so it's lovely to see them engaging and just being just going with it and wanting to learn and being sponges and of course by teaching them, you know, they will go and they will make their own dishes now from scratch. And I think that is so important because we've had a couple of generations that have missed out on all that uh, cooking with the dot-com boom. Um, you know, everybody was into ready meals. And we've got to get them using local produce because this could be their jobs in the future. So many cookery programs you see now, and that just shows the interest has changed in the people maybe wanting to do a little bit for themselves but there's just little intricate bits that I think you need to know don't you? Yes there are but I think it's all about uh, making it fun as well and sociable so everybody when everybody arrives here they all have a glass of Prosecco we have tappers waiting for them obviously the children don't but um, we, we have tappers waiting for them it's all about having having fun and enjoying it and when I did the research of when we built this beautiful building do we do individual stations do we do an island which we've got here a big island that you can sit 10 around everybody said can we all just cook together and they just love that they just love all being together and laughing together there's no tension there's no like, oh, this mine's got to be as good as that person's. We all cook together and we create beautiful dishes together. Things have changed. You mentioned earlier from the ready meals and things like that. And just, I suppose, the way things are going, it's a bit less uncertain for, for many occupations as well. I think people are trying to do a little bit for themselves and maybe a little bit to help the the growers on the island and producers. I hope so. It's really difficult though, Simon, because... We have the wonderful food assembly, which is every other week, every two weeks down at Noah Bake House, where you can go and collect your local produce. I think the food and drink festival shows that there is a massive need for availability and convenience for all the local produce. I believe that the majority of producers last year at the Food and Drink Festival sold out within three or four hours. That just shows there is a need there. What I would love, of course, is the courthouse in Ramsey to be turned into a six-day-a-week cooperative local food um, for the suppliers to be there and with a craft market and maybe get some Manx dancing in. We've got a lot of cruise ships coming in this year, 30. We've got, um, I think, up to 100 next year. It'll be a wonderful destination for, you know, for the cruise ships and for tour buses to go to. I want the local produce 
um, every day. I use Brian uh, Radcliffe um, a lot and, and Dot Price, of course, we've got in the north here, but they're not always available. Uh, and I'm not going to go to a farmer's market down at Timwald or down in the south of the island or even to the food assembly to pick it up. It's got to be convenient. It's got to be you know, somewhere where you can go, where you can get everything all together and buy it on a daily basis. Looking out the window, see that beautiful view across to Scotland, I would imagine that is. And the decking out there and that wonderful brick oven you've got out there. Yes, last week was a rather fun week. Um, the green greenhouse arrived, uh, which is wonderful because we do courses whereby we teach people how to grow vegetables. Uh, I have Jodie from Ramsey Garden Centre coming up at the end of April to do a course on growing veggies and to test your soil and you know how to care for them. Um, yes, on the deck, you're quite right. We've got this wonderful pizza oven which was craned in into place. Um, in that. Well, we'll be doing a lot of courses outside in the summer. There was a call for it, need for it. So it's not just pizzas. We can do slow roast uh, local pork and lamb. We can do sourdough bread. I make a lot of sourdough bread using local flour, etc. There is no end to what we can do with that beautiful beast out there so that's exciting and just as you can see out of the window all this amazing gorse at the moment so yesterday I was out there picking the gorse and I've made some rather delicious gorse ice cream which does taste of coconut and vanilla Fair enough, though. <laughs> but if people want to get to find out more about the cook shack get involved learn a bit sample something new how do they do it so we've got a Facebook page cook shack IOM We've also got a website, which is vivaldi-catering.co.uk. The business did start off as Vivaldi Catering because, of course, I love my classical music and Vivaldi wrote The Four Seasons and it was a play on words because it was a taste of all seasons is my um, strap line. Yeah, Nigel uh, Kennedy didn't come to open it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. But I'm hoping that Willie Christian, our captain of the parish, is going to come and open it one day. His daughter has the dairy shed and makes the most beautiful local yogurt. So I think it's fitting that the captain of the parish, who farms with Dan, his son, a lot of the land around us here. It's wonderful to be right in the heart of the agricultural pastoral land here, where we've got you know sheep on one side, cows on the other, uh, wheat growing. It's a really lovely, feel-good feeling to be here. And one thing, great thing I noticed as well, you've got disabled access and everything like that here as well. That um, is very important to me, Simon. Um, we have a son who is autistic, he's 25, but he has many friends and he has been to college with many friends who are perhaps disabled physically. We do do courses here. With the bathroom, you're able to get a wheelchair in there. We've had adults on courses who want to join in and, and we've made enough room so that they can get wheelchairs or Zimmer frames around, etc. You'll find that the raised beds outside um, are all um, disabled access that they've got you can go around in a wheelchair so they can be involved in growing veggies etc um, we've had somebody who is vis uh, very visibly challenged um, who just loved the course um, I think that she taught me more than I taught her which is 
a bonus for me. And um, I work uh, quite closely with the Children's Centre and um, Autism Initiatives, we hope to get up here. And we've got some schools, the learning support unit of a couple of schools coming up here. It's called the Cook Shack because the name is rustic and I want it to be available to all. It's a passion of yours to get younger people involved. Yeah, very much so. Everybody. I want everybody to be involved. And I'm very fortunate. The reviews have been absolutely superb. I just want everybody to leave here on a high. Georgie Revel telling me and showing me round the Cook Shack. And uh, what a wonderful place that is, uh, Kiri, if you get the chance to go down there. All sorts of theme nights and I've been lucky enough uh, uh, as part of uh, a venture we showed around the quarry at the Point of Air the, the, with the Bride Commissioners and uh, the, the Governor and all were there and we had uh, lunch there. And it was absolutely wonderful. Some just unique, different dishes you know, and it it's was, just it was, nice to get out in the oh, countryside, isn't it, really? And away from the towns and the, the hustle and bustle to, to a place like that and enjoy Manx produce all freshly cooked. There's nothing nicer. No, there's nothing nicer. So uh, go and support that and the use of local food. And, of course, had the, the first spring lambs uh, earlier on in the season as well. So I uh, like to keep up to date with what's, what's fresh in the local scene at the time. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are. Some interesting and different topics for this week's programme. The, the seed swapping and, of course, the, the new uh, innovation in uh, putting microchips in sheep for, for identification now. So I suppose, will it detract? You, When you're spending days and days with the, every day with the sheep, do you get to know them a lot of them by the faces don't you yeah you do they're all absolutely individual same as humans so um this is just adding an extra job but it's obviously the benefits from it are really good you can monitor them you can keep their health records right up to date and it's it's a good innovation it is all right we'll leave it there for this week's countryside we'll be back next week with more so from me simon clark and me gary gomard we'll see you next week Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.